0: If you are located outside of the European Union, the United Kingdom, and or Switzerland, then you need an authorized representative. So I have a good news. You have found it with Easy Medical Device. And if you are also in need of an importer in Europe and in Switzerland, then contact us definitely at info at easymedicaldevice.com. I-N-F-O at easymedicaldevice.com, And I'm sure we can help you. Today, we'll do the Medical Device Regulatory Update for February 2024, so stay tuned. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy Podcast. Here is Munir Lazouzi from EasyMedicalDevice.com and today we'll do the Regulatory Update for February 2024. But before to start, let's hear about our sponsor MedBoard. MedBoard, the regulatory research and intelligence platform, is focused on solving the problem with increasing news and data and new requirements, as regulatory intelligence, post-market surveillance, clinical literature review and many more. We are making trusted MedTech information and data more accessible, creating the largest information portal search and the best tools for review, intelligence and portfolio management. We are already changing people's lives like you, by reducing tedious manual and repetitive work or saving much time. Contact us at medboard.com to learn more about us and do a free trial. So the first topic I wanted to talk about is mainly the IVDR proposal for extension and also the EU-DAMED rollout. So mainly there was the announcement that um, the EU commission wants to have a postponement about um, IVDR, so in vitro uh, diagnostic regulation. And uh, this postponement um, is showing that mainly, yeah, there, there are some risks of shortage of some of those tests Uh, IVDR tests that are needed for diagnosis of uh, some disease. So the timelines have been proposed, not adopted. Um, Mainly we have first the high risk devices that will be approved uh, earlier, which is uh, by the, I mean approved. You need to follow the IVDR for the class uh, D which are the high-risk devices uh, by the 31st of December, 2027. And then for Class uh, C devices, it will be 31st of December, 2028. And then for Class B and Class A sterile devices, it will be 31st of December, 2029. So normally, if we stay on those timelines, by the 1st of January, 2030, then IVDR will be fully in place. I just posted something uh, about this on LinkedIn and I asked people, uh, do you think there will be some further changes and everyone said yes. So mainly these are the dates that we have reserved, but maybe there will be some changes. And there is also about the Udamed so UDAMED, we uh, have a lot of timelines and definitions that are mentioned there. So here UDAMED also rollout out should be uh, defined and the proposals are also talking about that. So mainly, normally UDAMED should be uh, in place, uh, should have been in place uh, six months after uh, every modules would be available. But now there are some updates on availability of module and also which modules will be used uh, after the six months and also after 24 months so there are some bit of changes here so the proposal is also updating that so don't hesitate to look at the show notes to find out the uh, links about all what is proposed by the eu commission Next, we have the MDCG guidance on Vigilance reporting. So uh, MDCG 2024-1, which is Vigilance system for CE mark devices. And there is inside some kind of template also um, about Vigilance. So we talk here about Individual reporting means that when you have an issue, a serious incident, you have to report that. Then we have the uh, periodic uh, reporting that uh, can be done, and also the trend reporting. So this template is showing to you uh, mainly the three categories when you will have this um, vigilance system reporting. Uh, I suppose with Udamed, but for now, for the moment, it's not existing in Udamed. So. Here, what's happening also with this MDCG guidance is that they have created some sub-guidances, if I can say. So we have the MDCG 2024-1-1, which is the devices for cardiac ablation. We have the... the, um, 2020 uh, MDCG 2024-1-2 for coronary stent and associated delivery system. We have the MDCG 2024-1-3 for cardiac implantable electronic devices. And we have the MDCG 2024-1-4 for breast implants. So here it gives you some examples for each of those pro- type of products, how you would report that. So it tells you also about the IMDRF codes that you have to choose, the negotiation you have to have with the competent authority about the periodicity for the reporting, when there is a periodic uh, safety report that should be provided, when you have a device that has many inv- um, many events at the same moment, so you have maybe to make open a peri- PSR, so periodic safety report with the competent authority. So it tells you all about that. So mainly go to see also all those examples, how uh, this should be done. Doesn't look so difficult to report, mainly what you will be doing with your MIR, so uh, manufacturing uh, reporting form, um, MRI. So, um, but yeah, it's more concise uh, maybe for, for the authority. So check the example specifically, you will see how normally they want to see that uh, when they will be having to report it. Okay, now we talk about languages, language requirements. So you know that with the EUMDR, there is some caveat in terms of languages. They are saying that you have to use the language of the country where you are selling the device. So then I received a lot of questions myself to ask, okay, I want to sell my device in Germany. Can I put English also, or should I put German? Uh, or oh, I'm selling my device here. What is the official language of this country? Because <laughs> there, is lang- there are languages, but we don't know specifically if this is really the official language or if there is um, uh, a lateral language. So for example, you go to Switzerland, you have uh, French, uh, German, uh, Italian, and some Swiss uh, language. If you go to Belgium, you have Dutch, German, and French. So at the end, it's like, what should I put there? And you will see that there are two guidances that are created, one for uh, MDR and one for IVDR, because there are some changes there. But when you go to each of the countries, you will see that yes, on some countries, there is no choice. Uh, If it's France, for example, you have to use French. Uh, If it is... Uh, German you have to use German but if you go to the Netherlands you have to use Dutch but uh, you can also use English for professional use and you have a lot of countries that are talking about that so if you want to build your um, instruction for use and labeling and other information that you will be placing for products placed on the market, then go to these tables and you will see exactly for which country what is the language that you have to use, in which cases also. And IVDR and MDR are divided, so you have two links. So if you go on the show notes here, you will have two links for that. Okay, now let's talk about quality management system, we talk about EQMS. So um, if you need an electronic quality management system for your uh, quality management system um, uh, documentation, so ISO 13485 or MD SAP or any other uh, system that you are running. So we are uh, proposing Smart Eye, which is an electronic quality management system, that software that is um, yeah, validated, approved, tested, verified. A lot of customers are already using that. We have passed a lot of uh, audits, also with it and our customers are really satisfied about that. I'm not saying they have never received the non-conformity, they have never received the non-conformity because of SmartEye, so this is the, the point. But if you are making mistakes on your quality management system, I mean, we cannot correct that. You are the one that is building it. But uh, if you want to Software that is managing everything, from creation of documentation for your quality system, also for your products, <clears throat> like technical files, complaints, uh, supplier management, non-conformities, uh, registration of products, etc. So then try to use Smart Eye. So if you want, we can make a demo for it, so though, just contact us at info at easymedicaldevice.com and we'll make a demo. I propose to you a demo uh, for Smart Eye. Thank you. Now we talk about the UK, UK roadmap. So you know that UK left Europe, so we had the Brexit. And since then we had a lot of discussion about which legislation to follow, uh, is the MDD to follow? Is there a new legislation? So they made then a consultation for a new legislation. And here on the show notes you will see a link for the roadmap that the MHRA is proposing. Uh, you will see that there are elements that MHRA can control and you have elements that are not under the control of MHRA, but apparently 2024 is really the year where the regulation for the UK will be uh, proposed only because at the end when you will see on this type. at the end you see 2025 and after that it's like putting in force or sent for vote etc so uh, you'll see that so this is important because um, as you saw also there are there is a timeline also for uh, the UK legislation uh, or for CE marking mainly can we continue to place a CE mark device on the UK Uh, as we saw the timeline goes until 2030 then after that we don't know. So after that, normally this is this new legislation that will be uh, used. But first, we have to have a publication of it and then we can look at that. But from their timeline, 2025 is maybe the day, the, the year where this will be put in force. But 2024 is the year where mainly uh, proposals will be sent to the parliaments for uh, making the vote. So check just the timeline and you will see uh, all what I'm talking about. It's written uh, mainly there. Okay, courses. We are still offering the uh, green belt certification program. So the UMDR 2017 745 training. Uh, so we had a session in January. It was really awesome. People were really great and uh, asking a lot of questions. Uh, so I just look at the result and we have maybe one or two people that didn't made it <coughs> until the end. Uh, but uh, we have the session open in uh, February and March. So go uh, on the page, on the show notes, so school.es easymedicaldevicecom slash GB, GB for uh, Greenbelt. And then you will have all the different sessions that are uh, available, one in February and one in March. So if you can, uh, if you want to enroll now, just enroll. So it's a session of five, there is five days course. Um, So it's not like full five days, it's just um, uh, five days where every day we have a topic that will be released. And uh, every day I will be with you for one hour and a half where we'll be talking specifically about the topic, answering all your questions. And aside of that, there is a self-paced part where you have to read some material to make some quizzes, to make some assignments. We correct the assignments uh, by hand and provide you the answers. And then at the end, you can participate to the uh, certificate uh, where you will be then receiving your green belt certificate if you succeed. Okay, so go to the show notes and just click on the link. And uh, I hope I will see you uh, within this training. Now, notified bodies and approved bodies. So, notified bodies, there is no news. We have still um, 43 notified bodies for EU MDR and 12 notified bodies for EU IVDR. So, um, this is a a good number, starts to be a good number now. Um, We have extension of the UMDR so we have also more time to then apply to um, I mean not apply but uh, more time to get certified but remember the application for UMDR uh, you have to do it by the 26th of before the 26th of May 2024 so make this uh, now uh, without this you would not be able to extend uh, your product your legacy products until 2027 or 2028 so do it now then approved bodies now UK. So we have two new approved bodies, which are elena uh, Med and Scarlet notified body. Um, so Scarlet NB, not notified body. Scarlet NB. Uh, so now we have nine approved body for the UK, which means that if. Uh, you want them to get UK UKCA product, you can contact nine uh, approved bodies, not notified bodies, approved bodies for UK, which will help you then to um, make your products compliant to the UK legislation. But remember, UK is accepting CE marked product until 2030. So you have um, then to really understand the, this concept of approved body. Maybe if you want just to sell your device only in the UK, then approved body will be the best solution. But if you plan also to sell in Europe, then maybe go first for Europe because your products then will be approved also for the UK. And later you can go for also uh, an approved body for the UK when you will be transitioning uh, from CE marking to uh, UK CE. So this is a strategy that I'm proposing, but you can do as, as you want. So don't hesitate also to contact us, Easy Medical Device, if you need any support for, uh, for this kind of strategies. Okay, we just released a video about good documentation practices. Uh, So mainly the idea here is to explain to you how to write a good uh, document. Also how to correct a document because we have a lot of people that do it wrong uh, or that Uh, show no signature on documents or no names or whatever, which makes it difficult. So this uh, video is available on YouTube, on our YouTube channel. Uh, So mainly the idea here is to give you some methodology. Uh, The methodology or the acronym is called ALCOA. uh, So you'll see what it means. But um, what is important is that your documentation should be compliant uh, to this kind of GDP, good document practices. Otherwise, notified bodies can find some uh, issues and give you some non-conformities. minor non-conformities because, yeah, it's not maybe a a big issue. But if they start to see a recurrency in in terms of those GDP issues, they can raise a major because they say, okay, guys, if it was one small mistake, it's fine. But now it's on all your documentation, so uh, we make it as a major in that case. So don't hesitate to go to this mini course, if I can say, <laughs> for good document practices because really, yeah, um, it's providing all the information. And what can be great also for you is to just note down all those information inside the procedure to then train your team and ask your team to follow the rules that are defined in the Alcoa system. Okay, now we go to the uh, rest of the world and we start with the USA. So the USA has finally decided uh, to align with ISO 13485. It was a plan since a long time, so the QMSR uh, is now announced. Uh, there were well, a lot of posts on LinkedIn talking about that. We'll have to, I hope to have somebody to, uh, on my podcast also to maybe discuss also about that. So yeah, the idea here is the fact that ISO 13485 is really aligned to uh, the US legislation, so why do we have a US QSR or QMSR uh, that is existing and ISO 1345 in on the other side? So now there is an idea to merge that and to use the same uh, kind of uh, of vocabulary and document and information. So you have now inside the, um, the FDA uh, text, uh, a lot of instance where I say we will modify this, we'll modify that, we'll change this, we'll change that. So this is, Kind of uh, uh, proposal of a cancer or something that will be in place. And the effective date that they have mentioned is February 2nd, 2026. So it means that this will be in process because. There will be the training of people, tra- uh, creation of the training material, training of their FDA agents, uh, training of how this will be working. So mainly there are there are a lot of things that will be, uh, that need to be done to uh, make this process smooth and without any issue when they- it will be in place. So it's why the effective date is in 2026. Uh, so you still have some time to um, put everything in place. And since then you'll have a lot of training that will be raised by consultants like me or by others. And that can help you then to. To make a smooth change. Uh, because as I said, it's really already aligned, so there is no kind of big gaps that are existing, but you'll have still to modify some of your procedures within your uh, quality management system. Next, the US FDA is reclassifying some IVDs. I mean, IVDs. Um, they are saying that maybe we, they will they will reclassify IVD from class three to class two. So now there is more understanding about uh, there's uh, in vitro diagnostic uh, testing products. So then they want to reduce the classification uh, because there is no need to make them more difficult to be on the market just because of this pathway regulatory pathway to uh, for class three devices. So this is why. One of the things that is interesting with the U.S. legislation, uh, you can move products from different classification. You go from class three to class two, class one, etc. So there are always some changes. Usually there are some product codes that are existing. So your product is attached to a product code. And this product code has a specific classification. And if you want, you can keep the same product code, but then the classification is just changing. So it means that you wake up a morning and you say, oh, my product was class two, and now it is class three. Or you wake up a morning and your product was class three, and it's now moving to class two. So it's something that is existing with the US, which is not existing uh, here in Europe. But here, they they have made the announcement to uh, reduce uh, this classification. So you can look at the details on the show notes. Next, we have FDA that um, learned, if I can say some lesson, from the coronavirus situation, where they couldn't travel anymore, they couldn't uh, uh, make some inspection anymore or check anymore uh, for some companies. So here, they created the uh, FDA Remote Regulatory Assessment, RRA. Um, It's still a bit confusing when I read this to understand exactly what this is, because for me, initially, I thought that it will be like an inspection, but done remotely, like instead of the um, agents from the FDA going to the company because of travel restrictions, then they can do the remote audit. But when I looked at the question and answers document, it says, no, it's not an inspection at all. Say, so, okay, so then what is it? So apparently it's a pre-assessment or an assessment of your company, which further the route can then lead to maybe an inspection or something uh, later. But there are some conditions like traveling or like some situations for that. You can also vot- voluntarily decide to go for uh, RRA or it is mandatory for you to go for RRA. So this is a new tool that the FDA has created. So. Um, there are still some understanding to, to get here on when they will use that, what will be exactly uh, the information that they will require, uh, it will this lead can this lead to a warning letter or not, etc. So all this, you can see also the answers within the question and answer forum that is on the document. But as I said, it's always still not clear for me exactly what... Um, what um, will be uh, the consequence for for that. Uh, And if it or if it's just a pre-assessment and then after, if they find really something wrong, they can do a real inspection. But as I said, if there is some travel restrictions, so then can they come to do an inspection? I don't know. So these are maybe questions that you can answer. So don't hesitate to go to the show notes, check the document and let me know what you think about it. Okay, again in the US, we have the E-Star. So we have now the version 5.1 of the E-Star. So um, this is interesting document. So there are a lot of changes that were happening to it. Uh, so there is two versions. We have the non-in vitro diagnostic, which is medical devices, and we have the in vitro diagnostic version. Uh, so if you click on the links that I put on the show notes, you will see a page saying it's not appearing or whatever. Uh, because yeah, as it's a document that you have to fill uh, electronically, so you have first to download these documents on your computer and then open it with your Acrobat reader. Uh, so then uh, you can see all the elements to fill. If you want to have an understanding of this uh, E-Star uh, form, mainly for 510 10Ks, um, Rob Packard has made a video so uh, on this. So you can also go on the show notes and you will see Rob Packard that uh, is talking about uh, mainly uh, what is an E-Star uh, form, how it's working. Also, when we have a change of those versions, he will explain to you that uh, when you have a change of those versions, you have to copy paste Again, the things and the attachment uh, that you put on the first Easter, you have to redo it on the second. So it's um, a bit painful, but you check mainly, uh, mainly what, uh, what is on the video of Rob Packard that is on the show notes. And he will explain to you in some 18 minutes, if I remember, uh, what is the Easter, how it's working and some tips and tricks uh, about it. Okay. Now we go to uh, Saudi Arabia. We have a webinar that is planned in February 13th, uh, 2024 which is about artificial intelligence and software based on medical devices so um this is a webinar so you can go and just click on the link um open the open the the video uh where at the moment that this will be launched remember it's saudi arabia so the time is 10 a.m. Middle East time. So uh, you should not go there um, at US time or European time. So it's Middle East time. So put that on your calendar. If you are really interested about how to place uh, artificial intelligence or uh, software-based solution in Saudi Arabia, this will help you a lot. um, Because yeah, we have more and more of those kind of uh, software uh, existing, so it's interesting to understand how to place them on the market then. Uh, Still Saudi Arabia, we have another guidance about manufacturing devices at point of care. So you know that some hospitals can decide to manufacture their own devices. Uh, So for certain patients, maybe they have a certain need at a certain moment. and I say, "Let's, mm, let's make it directly. So here it's a guidance on how they can do that. What are the caveats to do that? What are the issues to do that? And what are the things that they have to document or create for making that? So if you are... a healthcare institution and you are in Saudi Arabia and you are trying to then um, manufacture your own medical devices, uh, then this guidance is mainly made for you. Okay, we have the website medtechconf.com. Com. so mainly. This is the website where we have a map of all the conferences that are uh, happening uh, this year. Uh, so you can go to medtechconf.com to see uh, to see that we are updating that each time. So if you see a conference that if there is a conference that you don't see on the medtechconf, there is a specific link there where you can go and register your conference. Uh, so this month um, in February we have the RAPS work- workshops that is from the February twenty seventh to March first and On the show notes, you can click on the link. You will see all the details about this this workshop uh, made from wraps. Uh, So it's really an interesting thing to to look at. So if you need another uh, conference so you can go, you have the map with all the countries and then you can just check which country you are interested about and maybe find out that close to you, there is a conference that will be happening so that you know already uh, Yeah, that you can go and then you can visit the website and, and buy your ticket directly there. Okay, so I hope it will be helpful for you, so don't hesitate to go to medtechconf.com Okay, now podcasts. Uh, we have uh, some podcasts that we have made uh, this month. So the first one is episode 20, uh, 20, 267, 267, so we start to have a lot of podcasts. Uh, the first is warning, um, warning mainly apply your, to your notified body now with Pritam Mekala from Chief Sud. So as I've said to you, you have to apply to your notified body as soon as possible. Uh, you should not wait. Uh, so here, Pritam is uh, explaining mainly how it is working. What you should do what are the consequences, etc., and also if you want to move from one notified body to another. So, pre time is explained to you uh, the, the what how to do that mainly. Uh, so, you have to understand that yes, uh, the extension of the UMDR is now voted, but it means that by the 26th of May 2024, you need to have a notified body, you have to sign an agreement with notified body, and this is mainly what uh, we are trying to explain to you on this uh, podcast episode next episode 268 uh, so you are not the legal manufacturer or the physical manufacturer of a products but can you i mean can you be mdr certified so here we are talking about virtual manufacturing uh oem obl etc so we are explaining to you that yes you can be maybe not be the physical manufacturer of a products and still be mdr certified and we have done that with adam isaac Ray. so don't hesitate to go to this episode to just uh, get more information about it Next, uh, episode 269, why you should use pre-submission or Q-sub for FDA. So we had uh, Sad Atia where we discussed about uh, pre-sub or Q-sub, which is a tool that is used by manufacturers to have an initial conversation with FDA before to really submit uh, your file. So here we are explaining to you how to do that, why to do that. Uh, So Sad was really experienced and gives also some tips and tricks about it. So don't hesitate to go to the show notes and Look again at this episode if you haven't looked at it. Okay, we have also a last point, which is the WhatsApp group. So we have created a WhatsApp community for Easy Medical Device, where we have a lot of people there, like 1, 1,700, I think. Um, so here I put officially, I put the link again on the show notes because I receive a lot of messages. Can you give me the link to be on the group, etc.? So yeah, you have a specific link to go there. So I place it here on the show notes. So go and click on it. Sometimes it says that, oh, the group is already full. I don't understand why, because. Apparently, it says 5,000 people that can be on a, on this uh, community. But retry and retry and retry, and you can maybe answer to the community. And you will see a lot of forums of different groups like UMDR, IVDR, FDA, Canada, etc. And then you can go ask your question or answer a question of people, which is great because I don't need to be involved. <laughs> I check sometime what are the questions and answer they are provided. But I don't need to be the one that is answering all your questions. So you can go also and try to get some people and help them to answer their questions. So don't hesitate to go to the show notes and click on the link uh, with your phone maybe and then you can get directly inside. Okay, it was a pleasure to help you. I hope this uh, regulatory update was really useful for you. Don't hesitate if you need any uh, support for your projects in quality and regulatory affairs to contact Easy Medical Device. We are really here to help you. So don't hesitate to contact me at info at easymedicaldevice.com. Thank you very much. I'm a medical device expert specialized on quality and regulatory affairs. My mission is to help you learn how to place a compliant medical device on the market.